How much is the fish, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Football Ramble. Wins for Fulham and Leicester. It's Tuesday, 3rd of November. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Jim Campbell. Welcome, one and all, to a terrific Tuesday on the Football Ramble. Wins for Fulham and Brendy Rogers Leicester. What a show Ooh. we've got for you today. You are like a dog <laughs> with a number of appendages this morning, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> got your scooter reference in as well at the start. Come on. How much is the fish? Yeah, don't know. Every, every minute, every hour. Yeah. Find the power, take a shower. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. If you're unfamiliar with the band Scooter, then... Uh, <laughs> Well, you've, you've got a fun afternoon ahead of you. As you pointed out once, Jim, why are you worried about taking a shower when you're desperate to know how much the fish exactly. costs? Exactly. Yeah, the two things don't don't lend lend well to each other, do they? Just is get that, down the fishmongers, figure it out, is have a really shower later. The sort of job. after the after you go to the fishmongers mm. for crying out loud, is that really the sort of music scooter? Sorry, scooter <laughs> that, that you can enjoy inside. Though it's more the sort of music that you enjoy outside. Yeah. With a number of other like-minded people. Yes, I Andy, think so. I bet you've been to some impressive fish markets, having been a, you know, a well-travelled man. Yes. I like Valencia's. Vale- Do you there know what? Go. I was I thinking Malaga has got a great one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It, it really does. does. Do you know, Malaga's very underrated, is it? Because you think of like the old boozy Brits and so on, but they all go to sort of Marbella and Torremolinos. And by the way, it's always worth a little visit to those places just to remember who you are, Jim Campbell. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but Malaga's a fine city. I recommend it. Not, you can't go really there, nice. of course. And I have to say, there's nothing better in a Spanish fish market than ordering some fish mm-hmm. to take home and cook and being served it by a man with a fish in one hand and a uh-huh. cigarette in the other. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Great. Well, he's smoking a kipper. <laughs> so, so Malaga has that. Is that? Is it got that thing where you know all of the sort of mm. the nearby rowdy places are sort of a bit separate from it? Oh, they're, they're train rides away. Oh, right. Oh, I see. Yeah. I thought I thought you meant like in the in the city centre because Brighton actually has the greatest bit of town planning in in the whole of Britain. I'm going to say it, which is where um, the West Street, mm-hmm. which is the street. Um, I think it's called West Street. I've not been there for a while. Is uh-huh. which is the street where all the people on stags and hens go. Oh yeah. You literally walk out of the station. Yes. Walk down it. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I know there's the Weatherspoons. There's a club. Yeah. There's all it's these brilliant things down there, Andy. <laughs> all the things that like uh, uh, they basically suck those people in, yeah, so yeah, everyone yeah, else yeah. can just go about with their their day. All the balandery is kept yeah. in that same. Oh, we have a good laugh place. at you losers. Yeah, <laughs> missing out on the strip, yeah. the Brighton strip. I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> oh, ladies, well, obviously um, there, there were Premier League matches last night, and it's odd to talk about Malaga as we're in November and nobody mm. can travel. I mean, it's odd to talk about scooter. <laughs> but we, we did it. <laughs> it's keeping your powder dry, I'd yeah. say. You know, um, but yes, let's, let's go straight to. Uh, uh, oh, lovely Leicester uh, beating Leeds four uh, one. Oh, Brendy was purring. Wasn't my he? my players were tactically brilliant. I'd love to hear him purr, <laughs> like actually purr in that accent. It's not hard to imagine. No, it's is not. It? Andy, we were amazing. We've got so many players out and right across the team. It was a really good team performance. I love that. Tactically brilliant. We were amazing. He basically was like, did you see that? We absolutely dicked them. He's not wrong though, is he? No, he's not. They were absolutely superb. Because in the first half, it was arguably the most dominant performance I've seen this season from anyone. Well, they were fortunate that uh, yes. Bamford missed the they chance. They were, but, but they, the fact I mean, is that went, did happen. They went down the other end and scored, and obviously because of a mix-up, but uh-huh. then they, they had such control of the game from that point that Leeds were making a lot of really sloppy mistakes and looked very uncharacteristically nervous, actually, and they looked a little bit like... They looked like they were trying to avert disaster. Obviously, mm. when Leicester get that second goal, you think it might might be all kind of 
might be a difficult afternoon, but mm. then they score really early in the second half. Leeds look on top, but then Leicester just sucker punch them. Well, Leicester are so devastating on the break. Yeah, and do, do you not think like Leicester were uh, Leicester kind of overwhelmed Leeds a little bit in in a way that teams don't tend yeah, to yeah. really? It's Leeds who do the overwhelming. So fit. generally, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think that you're right. Leeds did really well to come back from that hole and two uh, nil and, and and come back into the game, but I think someone when we were. Um, talking about it on our WhatsApp group saying Jamie uh, Jamie Vardy's had three Red Bulls this morning <laughs> and it did feel like that yeah, and probably bit. another three at lunchtime as well yeah. helps him run around like a nut job yeah the omelettes <laughs> and the Red Bulls yeah if you remember I that from a few years ago I hope that's <laughs> still what he does before a game I don't know about the Skittles in vodka maybe he's off the maybe Rogers has got him off the Skittles in vodka maybe that's yeah retire from England stop soaking Skittles in vodka <laughs> and you'll prolong your career <laughs> I mean, he's, he does look like a. That doesn't sound right? very well reasoned to me. No, However, he's using him. He's using him very well because mm, it feels yeah. as if he's making sure he doesn't wear himself out in this oh, early yeah, yeah. part of the season yeah. as well, which the, is, is is really sensible. The efficiency of Vardy's game now is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Oh, he's he's, he's different class. But honestly, I was joking aside. Like Brendan Rodgers looks like he has got all the bits between his teeth. I he mean, really he was, does. honestly, at the end of the game... What, talk- what a set of gnashes they are. <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's a magnificent <laughs> yes. set of teeth oh, anyway. It, it, it all, it's all brilliant, but he's properly like hands on hips, like, yeah. No, we. Mm. I mean, it, it's not me, ladies and gentlemen, this time who's saying they're on the verge. It's him. And who are we? Uh, and it's them. Yeah, it is. They're <laughs> showing it. They're not well, saying it. Well, I've, honestly, the, the the figure he cuts, I've not seen this. Obviously, at Celtic, he cleaned up. He was, mm. you know, did a brilliant job up there. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but this kind of figure he's cut, I haven't seen it really this side of the border since that Liverpool season mm. when, when of course they came very very close. They, they, what are they sort of secondly just just behind Liverpool. I mean they are playing very well, Andy. The thing is Leicester do prefer it when teams try and attack them and try and come onto them. Yes. Which is of course what Leeds do played into their hands. They've they've got a number. What is it? Four away wins now on on the trot something like that. Leicester. So it is the games like the home games against West Ham, which got a bit buried with all those other strange results yes, that day of course that's true. but it was an odd result um, so it will be interesting can they do can they become Leicester's uh, Ranieri's Leicester with all those games they're expected to win can you get the one nils when it, when it kind of happens you know well, the, and I am talking about them in the title race by the way the, I love this part of the season there's always one <laughs> <laughs> like when you were predicting West Brom for a tilt at the top four because they put a good run together once. We've we've moved on from. Oh, that was a long. We've time moved on ago, from yeah. Villa being up for for the for the title. Oh, I never said anyway, that. I, I think never we said moved Villa. on from Southampton now as well. Wasn't that was like two days ago? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, d- I, I didn't say that either. I said maybe fourth. But well, uh, well, after a full and clean sheet, I think the sky's the limit. But yeah, we'll, okay, we'll okay, come okay, to that okay, in a minute, won't we? But yeah, I, I think if you if you're making that comparison with Ranieri's Leicester as people did at the start of last season mm-hmm. when they were saying or, or the first half of last season, I should say when people were suggesting that if Leicester were to make the top four mm-hmm. in a post-Leicester championship environment, that would be almost as much of an achievement as the title mm-hmm. win. And I, I would I would agree with that. Us. Yeah, and given the fact that well, just everyone imploded mm-hmm. in that Leicester season, all the, all the big boys imploded and they re-upped afterwards to kind of try and make sure that didn't happen yeah. again. That was I so think... bad, Arsenal finished second. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the, that was the line, wasn't it? You know, only Spurs could finish third in a two-horse race. You know? But I, th- I think even when you you look at that, you make that comparison. 
I just I just feel that there's there's absolutely no dispute that Rogers Leicester are much more entertaining than Ranieri's Leicester. Well, Ranieri's they're, Leicester. They're terrific to watch. Ranieri's Leicester at the start, I mean, it seems sort of pointless to compare, but but let's do it. Um, they were, at the start of the season, they would always kind of like come back, wouldn't they? They're a bit sort of swashbuckling. Yeah. And then they found themselves actually, that, I mean, that's to diminish obviously what, what he did, but there, there were elements of that at the start. And then they sort of grew into the season and they grew into their position. And then, of course, when they got themselves in that magnificent position, they, they did attack teams going away to Man City and winning, was it 3-1? They were brilliant in that, that, that game in particular. Uh, and then, of course, it was kind of like, oh, crap, we are top of the, we're still top of the league and we're now in like February, March time. So, okay, how do we? And then it was all the sort of the one nils. But this is a very different side. But Rogers talking about Rogers Leicester now. You know they would have been disappointed, Jim, that they didn't finish in the top four last yeah. season. It felt like a little bit of a like like a slight disappointment, really. Oh yeah, because despite a great away, season. Yeah. yeah, I mean obviously the the, the um, circumstances. Um, we're not ideal for anyone having that long break. But like, can you imagine someone putting to Rogers like, "What do you want from this season?" And going forty points, forty points. <laughs> like that would that would be absolutely laughable. Yeah, it that's what you the sort of, yeah, and not unreasonably at the time. Do you know what he's like, saying? It became now? a bit of a joke. What do you want? Gold medal. Yeah, exactly. But, that, but that's <laughs> it, isn't it? Shows you the position Leicester are in now, and the context mm. of Leicester themselves is a lot different. And yeah, yeah I think um, th- there is a, is a good argument that this is a is a better team when you look at the fact that the, what happened with List with Leicester was like a lightning strike. Mm. It? It was yeah, like, I was like, nobody. Yeah. It's hard to sort of like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. rationalise that yes. in a lot of ways. And I think he is a very very tactically astute manager, mm-hmm. Brendan Rodgers, as shown by the fact when they were under the cosh, he brings on Madison and Under. And it's those players that link up with Vardy for the third goal. And, oh, what and a third goal! Did Under win the penalty as well? Um, yeah. Like, yeah, it was. Uh, they were remember. they were fantastic. They're absolutely fantastic. That that ball from Madison yeah, yeah. and the little dink, little did he mean delicate that? dink from Under? Was he was he shooting or think, was he crossing? I, I mean, I really, I, I think he meant it. I really yeah. want him to to have meant it because it was a beautiful yeah, goal. It didn't cross my mind that he didn't mean it. Yeah. Well, they, okay. Well, the, Jim Campbell has spoken, yeah. and I'm, I'm like, I'm a lot like a Rigo Saki in yeah. my knowledge of the game, despite not having played it. But you do sit on the dubious assists panel, don't uh, yeah, you? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm on the dubious panel. Yes. <laughs> Um, it was. It was. I mean, Madison's. Much was made about his, you know, involvement in that goal. But I mean, it is that perfect play for that. And sort of, if you find yourself, I know there's not too many archetypal number tens these days. But you know, you can find yourself in that position, Andy. The way he turns, like he does that. That is a lesson to us all. Let alone just the youngsters, Andy. And they've missed him for a very long time as yeah. well. Um, so to to have him come back and be important again is is, is a huge mm. and fillet. he was the one failed at the, for the penalty yes. yeah I mean I, I think we can overlook that at the, at the back end of last season when he, he wasn't available for, for, for large parts of it and that's a huge problem to them mm-hmm. I think any team missing a player like him mm-hmm. is tough because there are so few players like him um, but especially for, for Leicester who you know are upwardly mobile have, have built exceptionally well and I think that's the thing a bit like or more so than Pearson for Ranieri the club set the table for Rodgers mm. so when he got there they were they were ready to go you know he benefited from how well run they'd been the good recruitment mm-hmm. of, of, of recent times and that when he get there, got there and they were, they were ready to to take off under under him um, but I, I think as, as, as well you, you have to look at the fact that um, Cengiz Under is Someone who's who's going to do very well. For Underrated signing, you say maybe on. Yeah, it's gone under and, the radar. Right? And yeah, I think so, and with with reason because um, he came out of a very good academy in in, in Turkey, Altınordu. Um, he was good at Bayrakşehir here. He started off like a train at Roma, yeah. and then there was just this sort of dip, mm. which I think has really allowed Leicester to get him. 
basically. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it, it feels like a, a good signing, but it feels like someone they need to work on. That's, and, that's they're, when to sign somebody they're, they're, when, they're yeah. having a, when, they're, when their stock's down, I suppose. Yeah, they're, they're, but when you, know, but when you know they've got quality. And, and they're, they're blooding him in gradually, mm. uh, I, th- I think, which is something that Leicester are very good at. If you go back and look at um, Charles Oonju as well, he's, he's another one. You know, there was that mm. kind of handover between him and Harry Maguire, which I think shows you about Leicester's planning and Leicester's succession planning yeah. very well. But um, to see that little click between... Under and Vardy already very yeah. promising. Also, as well, the fact they got so much money for for Maguire um, is still standing them in good stead now because people know that if they want to sign someone from Leicester, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Levy was very good at, uh, at that with Spurs. Like yeah. people hated dealing with Levy, and it helped them hang on to their players. And yeah. Leicester have, have um, you know fostered a similar environment there. I think Leicester, you're right, because obviously Leicester, the, the Harry Maguire money. But then, do you not think they go? Come on, we, we're Leicester. Didn't you sell Maguire and win the title recently? Come on, really? Did you really believe all that yeah. stuff happened? Yeah, you're right. You're okay. Yeah, take five million <laughs> off the price. Um, Rogers has said that uh, if we get to March, April, and we are in that position, second, which they currently are, then it will be nice. But there is a long way to go. Do you, do you remember when uh, Ranieri had uh, Andrea Bocelli? Was it? Mm. Yes. Who's Rogers going to get? Van Morrison? I hope not. <laughs> After his recent a little bit of black comments. Uh Fergal Sharkey from the Undertones. Love it. Teenage kicks. Yeah. Yeah, right through the season. In. Of course, his most prominent moment after that was um, <laughs> being referred to as uh, Shergal Farkey by a drunk Rodney Trotter in Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> he also, didn't he become like a sort of like Rick Astley-style singer after the undertones as well, Fergal Sharkey? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah weird. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit more Rogers, I think. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. Leicester win in the league. Rogers there. Teenage <laughs> kicks, right? <laughs> I can, Marcus. That's the thing. I absolutely can. If you bit don't... Bit of the Phil Browns. Yeah, if you don't want that to happen, then up yours, because that'll be absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> It'll be so good. Uh, what about what about Leeds United, Jim? You, we're not, I mean, they're shipping four goals is not great. They've, 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 they've shipped a few here there, and there, but I mean, of course... With Leeds, they look like their Premier League. They re- oh yeah, they absolutely do, don't they? I think they were they were undone a bit by the mentally undone a little bit by how early they conceded there. But I can't mm. imagine that's going to happen too often. And it's just what's so impressive about them. Luke sent a graphic around last night on, on WhatsApp as we were all sort of like remotely watching this together mm-hmm. um, about their their fitness and their their just commitment to everything. They they're, they are top of the stats for sort of pretty much everything mm-hmm. fitness and running related. For now, and Jim. For now, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Bielsa's no mug, is he? Mm-hmm. He knows how to maintain these sort of things or to at least, yeah. like, spread out. He'll know not to burn his team out this early. You, he's, you he's say that. Enough. You say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... Can could, you teach an old Bielsa be, new tricks? Could there be any team that benefited more from lockdown than Bielsa's Leeds? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I did. I, it, some of the stuff in translation uh, with Beals obviously gets a little bit lost, but I, I love the, the the more literal translations of the sort of the beautiful way he speaks, saying, I didn't distribute the players properly on the pitch. I love that sort of distribution. Yeah. You know you know what he means, but it's such a, it's such a lovely mm. way of sort of, uh, of, of, of having it in English. Uh, gentlemen, can we talk about Fulham? Yeah. Go on then. Oh my goodness, it was a good win. Did you uh, did you pay for the game? <laughs> did I bollocks? <laughs> <laughs> Every Fulham game is on bloody pay per view. Of course it is. And they, let's be honest, they yeah. are. I mean, box they office, sh- aren't they? They struggle to fill the stadium. Like <laughs> quite in- literally, they are box office. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time that's ever been true, isn't it? Up yours and all. <laughs> good goals. We only score good goals. Yeah, and that's why you're going down. Uh, well, I don't know. Three points off Man United. How much? How much would you pay for? 
an Ola Aina goal like that? Well, it was priceless. That's the question. You couldn't put a price on it. It What a finish it was. I actually think, joking aside, if Fulham can just play other teams who are struggling to adapt to the Premier League, it might be all right. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So snarky. Just because Arsenal are safe for another season. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was a huge win for Fulham, especially yeah. this game. I mean, it was... And a good win too. It was a good win. I mean, rode their luck a couple of times, obviously. Um, but, but Andy, you know, it, it was fairly convincing in the end. You know, they, 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 they got their two goals. They took... Well, one of the... I mean, you wouldn't say the second one was a chance, you know. No. In, in the expected goals, it would be harsh if that was uh, was put in that bracket. But they but they took their chances. They rode their luck. West Brom missed a glorious chance um, when Fulham... And they, they remembered they're quite a polite club and said, oh, sorry, we should give you a chance. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, West Brom, it, it was put wide. <clears throat> but Parker will be very pleased with that. And there's been a bit of a sea change at Fulham. In the early stages of the season, they looked terrible. Mm. They looked so disorganized. Like it, it was, I mean, I remember, you know, even I said it, I was like, bloody hell, Derby County thinking, could someone take our unwanted record from us, you know? But the game, you know, because you remember Brentford in the in the League Cup, was it? I mean, it's 3-0. Yeah. It, it, was, it was embarrassing. Um, but when they went to, I think it was a game against Wolves. They went away to Wolves. They lost 1-0. Missed a chance late on for, for, for one all. Wolves didn't really create a lot in the first half of that particularly, did they? No, they didn't. No. And I know Wolves weren't going through a great spell then. They've sort of picked it up a bit since then. But it was that game I thought, oh, hang on a minute. There's something here. Then there was... The, there was a, there it's was the first a... game in which Fulham looked really organised, wasn't it? Exactly. And I, I think that is... I agree. I think that's a big turning point. And they look organised in... In this mm. and um, Sheffield United, I know Sheffield United missed one or two chances early on, but yeah. but ultimately, when you when you look at the game in stages, it's one all. Mitrovic has got a free header seven or eight yards out in injury time. I mean, that could have been a win. I think even if if you're Scott Parker, I'm not even convinced that detail is important. Mm. I, I think, but the fact is, it was a point away from home. They yeah. looked, again, they looked like they. I, I think could the, compete. the fact that they have looked like a, a, a proper team for mm. a few weeks now is really important, and especially when you consider that last time in the Premier League they really struggled to bed in new signings. Mm-hmm. All those new signings have started to make a contribution. And I, I think that's really important. Well, I the mean, back five, the, the keeper and back four were all new signings this season. Yeah, and the, the, the team now, the team that beat West Brom, mm-hmm. is very different personnel-wise to the one that actually started the, mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the season. So that's a step on for them. You know, I'm not going to say they're going to stay up or anything like that, but it's, it's a good start. And if you're them, you need to be building these sort of mini-runs and building positivity and building strength from from that. But, you know, a lot of these new players chipped in. Joachim Anderson, I'm prepared to admit. Well, Andy, we had a, we had a, you and I had a tweet from a chap called Chris saying, I hear Joachim Anderson is dedicating that clean sheet on his debut to Andy Brassel. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Tom Kearney very nearly scored another beauty, didn't he? Oh, Jim, that would have been such a... Wouldn't it? And it was, it's funny because the clearance <laughs> off the line was a thing of beauty as well, but... Oh, the goal would have been better, wouldn't it? It would have been. I'm surprised Deckard over Reed, who's who's chipped in with, with a couple of goals already yeah. this season. I'm surprised. He, I mean, I know he lashed it. Handball. It's a funny one. Though, I think it's a handball. I thought that should have been a because, penalty because it's. I, I know that it. You know, I guess this is taking issue with the rule and the sort of nuances of the rule. But like, you can't argue that West Brom haven't gained an advantage there, can you? He stopped it going in when he's meant lit- to or not. He has literally put his hand up to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's no other way of looking at it, and yeah. the rule is 
each change, I, I think you really have to hand it to, to IFAB. The fact that every change to the handball rule makes it more complicated. It does. It creates mm. the new, last one. new grey areas, doesn't it? It's, it's, does. a, it's, a tough, it's a tough thing to do. We're I'm, be talk- I'm not in charge of doing it. We're going to be talking about index fingers and pinkies by the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I Long like, fingernails. Get your fingernails <laughs> on. Maybe the future is just like it's down to the interpretation of each referee. So everyone's looking at the team sheet going, they're not even they're not even looking at who like Man City have got in their midfield. They're looking it's at the like, referee. It's Mike Dean. We're screwed. We're absolutely screwed. No tackles. Yeah. Don't put in a tackle today. Just block. That's all we've got to do. But I, t- I mean, it's just as well Fulham were 2-0 up because it didn't me- make any difference. No. If that game's poised and that happens, oh, I'm going to be angry, Andy. That's yeah. what I'm going to be. But of course, it was a, a nice 2-0 victory anyway. It was. But it, a, a win makes such a difference. You know, they're, 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 they're 17th now and very much would take that coming in the season. Um, but, but Parker, he, he said um, there's been a lot of narrative around us because of the money we spent last time, but there has been a single-mindedness about us this season. Defeats are going to happen, but they can't bury us. And you do think with Parker, I know sometimes he looks like he's going to burst into tears, Jim, in post-match interviews. He does, but, but some of the stuff he's saying, it's kind of like, right, let, let's stay focused, let's stay level-headed. And and they could have panicked after those first few games of the season. Mm. I mean, I was panicking. Um, but but he, he does sometimes have an air of calm about him. Well, yeah. He always has an air of calm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he and he he has to have that, doesn't he? Because he's, mm. he's got to translate that to his players. Because the problem is, you know, they were they were so bad when they went down a couple of seasons ago, mm. and it was that almost seems unfair. It's they they weren't quite ready to be in the league, were mm. they? And like the the plan that was enacted with signing all those players didn't quite work. They are haunted by that. You can mm. see that. And there's been a lot of talk about how they not they've not learned from the mistakes of that. So it's 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 on Parker to fix that because mm. it seems like. You know he's not getting help from within the structure of the club that he needs in that. So he's he's got a he's got to lead by example, is not he? And That's he's a lot doing on that. a young manager, isn't it? It really is. Well, yeah. it is. But but compare his post match interviews when they when they were beat to say Slavin Bilic's mm. last night. Bilic looked, you know, he, he looked gutted. He really did, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, he really he was. You know, I mean, again, how much does a post match interview really matter in the grand scheme of things? Etc. Etc. But you, you, I mean, West Brom are one of those sides, Andy. That you, you know, if you, you'd be concerned. I mean, look, it's only a win for Fulham. You know, Fulham fans will still be concerned, of course, in the, in 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 the season when they look at it as a whole. But West Brom. Will, oh, you know. I think he's. I think he's huge because I think you look at this game mm. from from the off, and it had a feeling of <clears throat> like win or go home, which yeah. is ridiculous, really. Yeah. Half a dozen games into the season, of course. But it it did feel like that with how badly these two teams have have mm-hmm. started and now everyone will be looking at West Brom um, we've, we've talked about how Bilic has been unhappy with a few things as as, as well in the last couple of weeks is something we've talked about on here and I think people will be watching him very closely over the over the next little while to, to, mm. to see how it progresses I mean I, th- I think he's the, he's the favourite to be the first coach to go at the moment, isn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. Well, they'll always catch it. They'll always catch the eye with that uh, away kit of theirs, Andy, won't they? It's a beauty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's have a quick break. I'm quite a placid guy. aren't we all aren't we all ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the football ramble now you lucky things it's time for this Well done to Jack Byrne. 
He is one of those lucky people who's getting his email read out by me. Uh, Hi, Ramblers. Over decade-long listener. Oh, God bless you, Jack. Uh, First-time emailer here who felt compelled to finally get involved due to the mere mention of my beloved League of Ireland on the show and the email about the unimpressed commentator's description of a misplaced pass as yellow snow stuff. Such examples of the weird and wonderful have been a a frequent occurrence across the league down the years and are as much as a reason for fans' love for it as the relatable level of football often on display (laughs) so much uh, that the definitely not ironic title of the greatest league in the world (laughs) hashtag was bestowed upon it by fans and has been used since such examples of uh, wonderful stuff from the league of Ireland include Waterford Town starting a game against UCD with 10 men because one of their players was stuck in traffic. After five minutes with no sign of said player they subbed on a man for the absentee what start him (laughs) <laughs> yeah, or maybe there's. I, mean, yeah. I suppose they maybe have the rules about you know an hour before kickoff you got to get the t- I don't know, um, but anyway he was subbed on, um, but of course the man who was uh, stuck in traffic they subsequently weren't allowed to bring on in the second half because according to the referee he hadn't been in the ground at kickoff. So that's a, that's a, that's yeah. a lesson for everybody that's there. A rule. Um, Alan Byrne of Bohemians forgetting to bring his shirt to a game, so he had to borrow one from a fan in the crowd. That is brilliant. <laughs> Love that. Imagine like Timo Werner's got to bring his own <laughs> kit. Like, love it. But then, but then, of course, getting one from a fan in the crowd. Yeah. Perfect. I'd love it if the fan had burn, you know, whatever his number was in the back as well. You'll do. I, I like the thought of uh, Timo Werner borrowing one from a man in his 50s mm, who's, yeah. um, you know, uh, oversized. Seen a bit of life, yeah. let's say. <laughs> Eaten a bit of life. Yes. Um, uh, and uh, uh, Jack goes on to say, my beloved St. St. Patrick's Athletic drawing IBV of Iceland in 2012 Europa League um, qualifier uh, and having to ask supporters to kindly give up the rooms they had booked in the only hotel on the small island off the mainland that the game would be hosted at as otherwise there would be no way the team would be able to stay together on the trip. (laughs) Oh dear. Where did they go? Yeah, well it was, as it says, a small island off the coast of the mainland of Iceland. There's only one hotel in the... Where did the the displaced fans go? I don't know. Mm. All in the same room, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Iceland's very flat. I think it would be fine for camping. It's quite cold, though, I was about isn't it? No, to say, no, no but we're, we're talking. About, we're, come on, fellas. We're talking about a Europa League qualifier that summer, which is always yeah. roasting in Iceland, isn't it? True. Somewhere in Iceland, it'd be nice. Mm, okay, yeah, maybe. Just don't pitch on a geezer, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe. Oi, don't pitch on a geezer. <laughs> pitch near enough one that it's warm, right? <laughs> yeah, you got, you got to get that just right. Yeah. Safety you officer really Jim Campbell there. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Oh, God. You can pitch next to geezers. Um, Jim, you wouldn't last long in that uh, job. So there we are. Thank you very much for your email, Jack Byrne. Mm, Jonathan Rapley's been in touch as well. He says, hello, Ramble. Long-time listener, first-time email. A lot of that going around. Mm-hmm. Oh, emailer. Uh, in July t- uh, 2011, I was flying back from Detroit to Malaga, Malaga. by a connection at Paris uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport. As I finally reach my gate, after frantically rushing through the maze that is Charles de Gaulle, I take a seat, only to discover that the person to my right looks very familiar. It was none other than England manager Fabio Capello. Oh, hello. I saw that he was wearing a fancy expensive looking watch which confirmed to me he wasn't the lookalike that was pretty popular at the time imagine that um, I went, are you that lookalike I went up to him and got an autograph and uttered one of the most regrettable sentences I have ever said maybe you should play Stuart Downing now that you're signed for Liverpool oh. he smiled nodded and muttered yes yes as I recall Downing went on to score two goals in 46 games in the following season for Liverpool and in fact did play a handful of games for England perhaps Mr Capello shouldn't have taken this advice from fans um, uh, when meeting them at international airports uh, keep up the good work Ramble 
love the pod. We love you too. Yeah, we do. My goodness, Capello's England. I just think of that Algeria game, the 2010 World Cup. Oh, mate. My mates and I, we were meant to... I wrote this in the in the forward for the Ramble, but we were meant to go to a friend's birthday party after that. And we were just sat about and we're like, we, we don't have the energy to get up and awful. go to it. Just awful. <laughs> How bad is that? <laughs> oh, did, nice to mention from Malaga again though, Andy. Beautiful. Beautiful. The Malaga pod. The Malaga mm. pod. Get it in there. Um, well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. That was the emails. Just email show at footballramble.com Right now, so Peter, Vince, or Kate, or Jules, or Jim, or Andy, Luke, all of my kids can read it out. Well done. <laughs> I should say that uh, a lot of you um, got in touch with me regarding the sad death of so Sean Connery, of course, mm. found a story about um, when Gennaro Gattuso was playing for Rangers. Apparently, Connery was was trying to convince him to stay. <laughs> when he was there, Gattuso was, was talking about that. Apparently, Connery was on the board at Rangers. I always thought, of course, that he should have been on the board at Boca Juniors. <laughs> um, right, there we are. Let's move on. Give the people what they want, quite frankly, Jim. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> um, big news uh, in West London um, that Petr Cech is very ready to play for Chelsea. Again, of course, uh, a number of weeks ago, he was put in the Chelsea uh, Premier League squad by Frankie Lampard. Uh, but he's come out and said that, you know, I'm feeling fit, I'm raring to go. Um, what is he, 39? Mm. Not the oldest keeper that's played. It, it, well, he hasn't um, played the season, of course, but he wouldn't be the oldest keeper. You think I'm of, thinking of the last international break. I'm thinking of Bosnia and Ukraine. But and, they didn't get a run out, though, did they? No, they didn't. Probably because they couldn't actually get up off the bench once sure, they were sat sure, on Sure, I should say, they didn't get a walkout, did they? <laughs> no. um, you think of Steve Grusevich, for example. Yeah. Big yeah. Johnny Burridge. Um, some very, very... Oh, Brad Friedel? How old would Brad Friedel... Oh, I think Brad Friedel might have played at 40. Yeah. yeah. He was operating at a good level. Mark Schwarzer as well. Mm. He d- didn't play sort of that mm. much in the, in the twilight, but kept himself in great nick. I mean, I, I feel like having four goalkeepers... Mm. Which they do yes. with, with with Kepa, Caballero, Czech, and obviously Mendy being mm. in there as first first choice. Does that seem almost paranoid? Well, it's a lot, right? I mean, yes. What happens if, like, you know, heaven forbid, both Mendy and Caballero are in, in, injured? If it's between Czech and Kepa, and Czech gets the nod, I mean, that is damning, Andy. Because I mean, he, he's in the twenty-five man Prem squad, so it's it's not like it's a forty-man squad. You know, this is no. I know tw- one could say twenty-five is quite a lot, but you think about the squad Chelsea have. You know, you would have usually say three goalkeepers in there. You would you would think. And the Czech is not in there for his drumming skills, is he? Uh, no. And I, I think the interesting thing is what happens to to, to Kepa from here is uh, as Jim says. Mm. I mean, does he become the new Jamal Blackman, who's on the books for absolutely ages, mm. but but never plays for Chelsea because they can't get rid of him anywhere? Yeah. And if they did want to get rid of him, never mind the huge loss that there would be in terms of transfer fee, you look at the wages, he's nigh on impossible to get rid of in, mm. in this environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what, what can they do? And also, yeah. if they completely ostracise him, that that totally writes off the money, doesn't oh, it? Oh yeah. If you've got your you, if you So do, they've they've got to, they've got to find this balance yeah. between um having a goalkeeper who's mm-hmm. gonna do a good job for the first team yeah. and yet basically not binning what is quite an expensive asset. Yeah. It's it's tough, isn't it? They've they've got to be careful not to run his value down further as well, haven't they? Yeah, because, totally. I mean Kepper's not I mean it got to a point where it was ridiculous, like where he was just a liability for them. And it's similar do you remember 
you know, the, the the joke on the show has been like he doesn't make saves, which is ridiculous, mm. and it is. But do you remember um, Claudio Bravo was in a very similar situation at Man City, where yeah. it was, mm. the stats were like he doesn't actually save the ball, which is really <laughs> really think... strange. But neither of those goalkeepers are like, you know, like. Well, Bravo ice was a, cream men posing as footballers. Yeah, you know Bravo I mean? was in Barcelona. Footballers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how this happens, but they've, they've, they've got to somehow get his value up without playing him. That, I mean, that's essentially it. I mean, because it's not a case of you sign Mendy, who again is not, the kind of he's not an archetypal number one goalkeeper as we've mentioned on the show and it's not like you're bringing in somebody who is uh you know maybe early 30s but has had a particularly good career or or somebody this is a goalkeeper who has been a number two for a bit so Kepa can feel a little bit like he's you know he has his nose put out of joint there but then when you get Petr Cech coming in as well it's also damning on Willy Caballero because he's Mm. obviously got very little faith in him and then Cech starts commenting on Mendy saying yeah obviously he's good but you know he can improve prove he can do this that and the other and you think well hang on a minute here it seems like the the number one position's up for grabs but if you are Kepa you would think blimey you would feel quite humbled and humiliated and I, I think the thing is with with Mandy is his his checks pick that, that, that's the thing we have to point out right because he's come from Ren um where um Czech has a very long relationship mm-hmm. with them. Of course, came from there himself. Well, they're brought, playing brought, Ren in the Champions brought, League. This, yeah, he uh, brought this his, he brought his goalkeeping coach Christophe Lolichon with him in, the, in in the first place, and he's never sort of taken his eye away from there. So there's never been any suggestion that Czech hasn't had a huge hand in mm. Mandy signing. And I, I sort of think from, I guess from both a Chelsea and actually probably a Kepa perspective, I think that the best way you can look at it is Czech being there mm-hmm. actually in the squad is going to help Mondi. It's, it's going to help Is it going to help Kepa? Um, well, I, th- I think... In the, theory... Uh, I think the signing of the, the signing of Mondi kind of helps him in a, in a way, as, as we said, because it's not like they've gone out and spent okay. another 80 million on a goalkeeper yeah. mm-hmm. who you're never going to get past. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a sense that there's been competition, you know, it's, it's competition mm-hmm. as much as it is replacement. And the the fact is, it's, it's going to be a long road back for, for Kepper. I don't think anyone can be in any doubt about that. But on the other hand, um, Mundy, who's responded brilliantly, he's been, yeah. he's been amazing since he's, he's arrived. Clean sheets galore. It's, it's not completely insurmountable for Kepper to get to a point where he competes with him and, and, mm-hmm. and maybe gets another Well, goal. I think that's what everybody wants at Chelsea, yeah. surely. Yeah. Surely. Um, but what I, mentioned, I mentioned the clean sheets there. I mean, Chelsea, you know, just a little mention on that. You know, they've turned it around quite a lot, mm. haven't they? I mean, they, they, were, they were shipping goals. People saying, oh, they can't uh, defend and all the rest of it. But Lampard is turning them turning them around in that department. Seems seemingly or Mandy and Thiago Silva I think they've signed them though. They, yeah, know, that's they, made they a huge credit. That's made a huge difference, I, I think. And mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a little bit of confidence has has gone a long way. But I think the the great thing with Thiago Silva, who obviously wasn't fit enough, certainly mm-hmm. at first, him getting up to speed really quickly is is something that's part of his makeup. We had I a mean, rude awakening at West Brom with that mistake. Yeah, <laughs> ab- absolutely. But you know, a, a mistake like that can can happen to anyone. Can happen to any yeah. footballer in, in in the world. And I just think with him he's so able to get into match condition quickly. And he's mm-hmm. proved that throughout his career when he's, he's been out through injury, he's come back with very little training and played in big matches and, and, and done it. Um, 
you know, I, I would have backed Thiago Silva to to do that, and his start's been really promising. Mm, there we are, um, gentlemen. Uh, let's turn our attention to uh, a game this evening. Of course, we've got Champions League, but we're not talking talking about that. Oh, Tosh, Andy, Wimbledon. You, you, you're borrowing me. For, oh, I was going to say you're borrowing me from talking about Atalanta versus Liverpool. But if it's Wimbledon, it's fine. It's fine. Come on, Come AFC on. Wimbledon <laughs> tonight, ladies and gentlemen. They return to Plough Lane for the first time in thirty years. Something like that. Yeah, Andy? 29. 29 years. Yeah. Um, for those who are unaware of this this sort of uh, history and legacy, I mean, I'm sure a lot of football fans will be aware of this, but this is huge. Mm. And you're an AFC Wimbledon fan as well, so it's yeah. absolutely massive, you know. Um, and you're going tonight as well. We, no doubt we'll, we'll sort of mention it uh, tomorrow. But this, talk about the romance of football and so on and so forth. I know the fans aren't going to be there. And Ivor Heller, um, one of the guys who's uh, one of the big wigs. The commercial actually, director. Yeah. Commercial director um, said, you know, the, the stadium won't be fully open until the fans are there. You, you do understand yeah. it. But the fact is, AFC Wimbledon are going to be playing back at Plough Lane tonight. Yeah. Glorious. And it is it is regrettable that the, the, the fans aren't going to be there. It's, it's, it's sad. Um because the fans have, have have put the club there, you know, you know, that, that they've, sure. they've they've helped create the club and they've helped raise the money when there was an uh, eleven million pound shortfall. For a moment, I thought you said Dave helped create the club there. It's like this, this is on one specific fan, isn't it? <laughs> one, one super fan. No, the TV we're, we're all Dave. called Dave, actually. <laughs> but but surely those fans, though, yes, it's 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 a great shame they're not going to be there. But that's obviously taken out of everybody's hands. We, we've waited twenty nine years. Yeah, oh, we, we can wait a few more months. Well, this is Liverpool esque with yeah. the title, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that yes, the fans won't be there for the parade, but you know they'll. But will they not find some consolation, Andy? That you, AFC Wimbledon's most famous supporting fan, off the top of my head, is going to be in the stadium. Well, thanks for drawing that target on my back. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if I do make it there, <laughs> um, it, it'll be a special moment. Not as special as as, as if it was full, but um, just to see the team back home and to know that the fans have brought mm. the team back home, it's, it's, it's pretty it's been fantastic. such a long journey. Yeah, it, it, re- it really has. And of course, the, the first couple of weeks of this season, while they've been getting Plough Lane in serviceable condition, we've been sharing at QPR, which sent a little shiver down my spine because of course when Wimbledon the reason Wimbledon was so vulnerable in the first place is because they came up the league so quickly so we were essentially playing in the top flight from 1986 in mm-hmm. in what was a, a non-league ground so my first couple of years of supporting Wimbledon it was all about fighting off potential mergers with <coughs> Crystal Palace and Queen's Park Rangers mm. so seeing a Wimbledon team play at Loftus Road while I'm very grateful for QPR's hospitality yeah. did make me think a bit whoa yeah, what could have been? What a strange situation as well. I, I can't even fathom mm. the idea that like <clears throat> some other club might try and absorb you. Mm. It's pretty unique. It's strange, concern, isn't it? Yeah, it it is, and so out of kilter with uh, with with English football. And I, I think what Wimbledon have have been through, and are, are hopefully coming to the end of. Of course, they've they've got a long way to build from here. Is a reminder of you know we've always said. It could be your club. You know, there, there, there are mm-hmm. unscrupulous people, unfortunately, in charge of a lot of clubs. And I think particularly when you look at the financial vulnerability of a lot of clubs in the situation that we're in, in the world at the moment, it needs to be a little reminder. Yes, that fans can do it. Yes, that fans can get together and work collectively and, and do mm-hmm. things that no one believed they could do. Mm-hmm. But it, it's also a little reminder that, you know, 
clubs are susceptible to vultures and I think we've got to be really careful about that at the moment mm-hmm. and so do the security when you turn up Andy tonight <laughs> um, but there is a bit of romance in football still love that absolutely love that um, I also love this talking to romance of football um, a chap called Sam tweeted me Applewell Micosia with Mick nice. McCall getting the job there. Applewell Michaelsia yeah <laughs> I know they talked about it yesterday <laughs> but my goodness I had to get my mensch um, there we are ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening to uh, the Football Ramble it's been an app Absolute pleasure. Um, it's been such a steaming success today, ladies and gentlemen. I know you all agree that on tomorrow it's the same again. Yep. Jim, Andy, and I will be back to talk about AFC Wimbledon only. That's all we're going to do. I'm in. I, I thought that, that's what was stipulated in your contract. We need yeah, to get you, Andy. Exactly. Uh, but we may talk about uh, the Champions League happenings as well if you're lucky. Thank you very much, Andy Brassel. Thank you. Thank you, Jim Campbell. You're welcome. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See you all tomorrow. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.